You can do it again and just oh again, the same thing. It's fine. No, no, no. And look straight at me while I'm doing it. <laughs> okay, this is Mistress Veronica, and you're listening to the Massacast, which is for people 18 years or older. Thank you. Hi, and thanks for listening to another episode. Holy balls. I'm ba- I barely got this episode out. Barely. Um, I've been working like crazy lately, doing the day job, doing my freelance work on the side, and the podcast has just been, it's been nuts. It's been nuts. Um, all right, so let's just get, let's get to it. Got a couple uh, quick things here. Uh, listener email. There's one here. Uh, I'm a relatively new listener since la- late la- December. Really enjoy and learning a lot from your podcast. Thanks for all your work. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you. I've enjoyed hearing your guests talk about spirituality and kink and really enjoyed you joking around about religion. I just listened to your latest episode with Megan McCord, your call for uh, your call out for religious people. I have to write and tell you, I'm a rabbinical student, a queer, femme, top, kinky, rabbinical student. At this point, I don't think I've done anything religiously or kinky impressive enough to be on your show. Well, that's not true. Or anything, but uh, I really had to get in touch with you. You know, I'm, I'm a practicing Jew. Allegedly, in four years, I'll be a rabbi. My favorite thing to do on uh, on a Shabbat afternoon, after getting home from synagogue, is tease, tie up, spank, fuck my partner. Just thought you'd be excited to hear we exist. I'm for sure not the only one. Your podcast teaches, your podcast teaches me I'm never the only one. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you have it. I don't know what a Shabbat is. I think it sounds like uh, a Jewish robot, isn't it? I don't. I don't know. I was raised Lutheran, so I, I don't know anything. Um, well, thanks for the email. That's, that's great. Another email here from uh, Cabernet. Oh, classic. Uh, on Fat Life, Cabernet says, Hi, I just wanted uh, to let you know how much I enjoy the podcast. And what a great source of information it is. I generally catch up on the Massacast podcast when I have a long drive and recently completed a 10-hour drive returning from Dark Odyssey Winter Fire. As I caught up listening, I found that I had missed your fundraiser in late 2013, and so I just sent $25 donation, since I think it's important that members of the fetish community support dissemination of accurate information. Well, I'm, I'm glad you support that and still managed to donate to the podcast. That's good. Despite the disinformation I, I dispel. Uh, thank you. That's very, that's very kind of you. So uh, let's, let's go on with the show. Uh, this episode is uh, a gentleman from D.C. who uh, we got in contact, jumped on Skype, and uh, recorded one. This is Godsire. Uh, you can find him, uh, Godsire, on just about every sex-related social network out there. Uh, and here's our conversation. So, uh, now, we're trying... This is a, an experimental phase here. Uh, this is the first time we're doing a video Skype... Uh, interview, which is is cool because in, the problem with interviews in the past that I've had, and it's not a huge problem, but there's so much lost without having the eye contact and seeing the reaction from the other person and just... So this is going to be a, a good test. And because I know you're a Windows user, uh, I have a giant shot of OS ten behind me just to taunt you <laughs> of my superiority in software. But, uh, no, I, welcome to the show. Thank you. you. You actually emailed me saying that you... Uh, when I was, I said, "Hey, looking for more people." You sent me an email, and that's 
how we're here. Yeah, um, I've been listening to Cheese for a couple months now. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot. Um, I hired a personal trainer, and he's had me do a lot of uh, cardio. So I needed something to do for an hour, and your podcast perfectly fit. <laughs> so I, I would think, uh, for me, when I run, it's music. That's what I listen to because it's just it's I can it's easier for me to zone out on a song or something like that. But the podcast is it motivates you in some way or it makes you think I got to get the hell out of here or what is it about the Mastercast for your cardio? Well, um, I have only started. I'm coming up on the second year that I've even been um, exploring living um, as a dom as mm-hmm. it were, um, and exploring what that means and what it is that I'm into um, and, and getting experience with submissives. And so um, I find myself in a situation where I, uh, you know, I'm trying to interact with people online. And there's a lot of times uh, people who are way more experienced than I am. And I'll try to approach them. And then we'll talk for a little while and they'll disappear. And I'm unsure if that's because they lost interest or because I, you know, made some social faux pas that I was unaware of. And um, I just had so many questions. And the, the podcast really um, answered a lot of those. Um, but, so, I, I, so here's the thing is that uh, – I didn't mean to cut you off. But uh, I've heard from a lot of my uh, gay friends in the kink scene – uh, I've heard from some of my friends who are in the gay BDSM scene that it's completely, not completely, but it's very different in in uh, in styles and as far as how people interact and how it's actually easier for, I mean, it's perceived easier, I should say, uh, for some to find play partners. But we don't really talk about the gay male BDSM scene, which is one of the great reasons why I wanted you on. Um, but uh, but it's still somehow <laughs> man, I always get a little choked up when I talk about the BDSM scene. Um, uh, somehow uh, we accidentally helped you. I guess is the oh the yeah despite ourselves. Yeah yeah yeah. I mean um, you know it's it's funny because uh, prior to to this very interview. Um, one of the f- uh, people that I know, there's a gay science fiction group in uh, D.C. that I'm a member of. And uh, one of the people that I know through that group um, is, uh, uh, I think she's pansexual. Uh, and she had said, oh, the local BDSM club is doing a board game night. Would you like to come? So I I didn't know anyone in any other uh, uh, setting. So I figured, you know, if I, if I go and everyone there is, you know, straight or bisexual, at least there's no pressure and I can sort of just relax around people. Um, so I, I went and did that. And that was, um, that was actually exactly what it sounded like, just board game night <laughs> in the context well, of a dungeon, which was quite funny. That is funny. You're a gay sci-fi group. Well, um, there is a gay sci-fi group. Um, it's separate from the BDSM thing that I was talking about. No, I know, but I'm, I'm just as a side note, a, a gay sci-fi group. What, how? What is the? How is it different from? Uh, a, a, I don't know a regular sci-fi group. Well, I I've uh, never been to either, so you know it, it's um, it's kind of a. a, a, a it's not wise necessarily to go up to guys right away without sort of sussing them out a bit um, and just tell them, you know, they're like, what are you into? And I'm like, I'm sci- in science fiction. They're like, Star Trek, huh? I'll talk to you later. And then they disappear. <laughs> so, you know, in the context of a science fiction group, um, it's a lot easier to make friends. It's also um, um, easier for me to go and then, you know, someone brings up Firefly and I bring up Firefly. And we can sort of geek out together without having to worry about how I'm appearing to everyone around me because they're all feeling the same glee. Um, 
So you say, you like Tom Baker? I like Tom Baker. Let's go exactly. get naked. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty close, actually. Um, <laughs> And, and well, you know, uh, it, it's, it's been really active. It's been around since, uh, geez, the 1980s. Uh, so even when I was, I was just a baby, geez. Um, and they actually run a gay science fiction convention every single year in a different city. Um, so this upcoming year, it's going to be in Boston. Uh, it's been hosted in D.C. It's often hosted in Atlanta and Minneapolis. And it's just kind of moved around, and it's been going pretty strong for uh, close to 30 years. So I, I'm I'm just kind of surprised that the uh, you find that people who sh- express nerdydom in uh, the gay community is very similar to what it can be in the straight community. Uh, here, are you, here the gay community is supposed to be open-minded, and yet if you wear Spock ears to an orgy, <laughs> you may get shunned. Just a little bit, just a little bit. I mean, you know, they don't know, they don't want to talk to you at the orgy anyway. So anything that requires explanation is a no go for them. <laughs> um, so you said you've been exploring being a top for the last two years. Yes, and um, also keep in mind that that top in BDSM and top in gay sex is two slightly separate things. Right, right. So you're saying. Right. Uh, it, so let's distinct. When you say top, when you say to explore and being a top, you mean in the BDSM context? I mean in both, but I just wanted to make sure there was oh, a okay. distinction. Sure. Um, so, so in both aspects, what is it? You just one day you're like, you know what? I'm feeling this way. Did you identify as a switch before? Were you a, more of a bottom? What? what, what I mean, how, how does that work? Um, well, when you know, ever since I was a kid, I've had what my mom de- likes to describe as leadership. Um, I'm always focused on what needs to be done and how I want things done. And, and you, you, and you can do this now. Um, so and leadership, I, I, is, a, is that a nice way of putting it? Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm quite a bit bossy, and uh, I know it. And uh, that works out really well for uh, the various subs that I've had. Um, and, you know, I just very big on rules and structure, and you do this the, my way and, and get it done. Right. And then two years ago, what happened? Well, um, I'm going to back up a little bit further than two years. I'd had a, a boyfriend that I'd been with for about three years, and he identified me as a dominant before I even recognized it in myself because I was still using the term leadership. And um, so he was he was uh, uh, trying to top from the bottom for that entire relationship, um, and I, I didn't quite recognize what was going on. And then uh, as I talked to a local friend here who um, – runs the DC boys of leather. Um, he sort of explained, well, you sound an awful lot like a, a, a top. And have you ever looked into it? And he sent me some links to porn. And I was like, now that is cool. <laughs> so, um, about two years ago, um, he had been saying, you know, you've really got to get out there. You've really got to try this out. I think you're really missing out on a lot of fun that you could be having. Um, and it's a totally different type of dating pool from, I don't know, manhunt and Adam for Adam. Um, and he said, you know, uh, you will probably have, you know, some more, uh, success when you express a, uh, the more dominant side of you, because you'll literally just have, you know, men lining up. So, um, I tried it and I ended up getting a gentleman from San Francisco, um, who was a switch, uh, bisexual switch. Um, he said he was, uh, a top with women and he was a bottom with men. So um, I told him that I'd had absolutely no experience. I'd never played with someone in 
that particular context. And he said, that's fine. You know, I'll, I'll teach a little bit and then we'll go. So, uh, he happened to be in town already for a, uh, a business meet, uh, meeting. And while he was here, he came over and he brought um, a giant duffel bag of rope and uh, canes and crops and paddles and all sorts of other things. And and uh, I was surprised he managed to get all of that through, uh, you know, airport security. But <laughs> right. he said he had no problems. That's good. Um, so he basically, he would teach me a few skills in terms of ties, how to tie up rope and store it, um, you know, how to hit, where to hit. Um, and every time he taught me something, I would practice it, and he had the most fantastic reaction. Every time that I would strike him, he would just shudder. Like, you could see him shudder, and he right. was just going nuts. So um, we'd even gotten to a point where uh, he had never done hot wax, and I used hot wax, and that also set him off. So I had a really fantastic time with that. And That was um, your first experience? Yeah. Holy crap. I mean, that is... Yeah, that I know, is, right? Most people have... Uh, a really horrible or else a mediocre first experience or something, right? That's a, that's an excellent, and I, I, it sounds like that you know, you you were you were sucked in at that point. It was that was it. Absolutely, and I have to say that that reaction that I got from him, someone who was just totally in the moment and totally loving the sensations that he had, because he um, he just he described himself as a rope slut, and so you know, just tying him up made him coo and just become very gentle and calm and quiet um and it was just fascinating to be able to see the impact that just making a knot had on him yeah. and so i've been chasing that ever since i, I have to find another one of those <laughs> <laughs> another rope slut you mean yeah rope slut well i mean he was also he was very clearly into pain right um and uh yeah i mean those two things together were just perfect combination for me so your friend says if you go into this scene uh, you'll be literally beating him off with a stick. Yes. Um, and and how is that? Is that rung true? Are you, are you finding it's it's different to where the same but different, or what is it like? Vastly overpromised. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you can see me because of the the cam. I'm I'm a big guy. I'm a big guy. Um, and so, in the gay community, body size and and whatnot is still uh, you know a, a thing. Um, so I haven't had like unbridled success. I've still had success and I've had partners and, and subs, um, I even have an ongoing sub right now, but, um, it's still been difficult to necessarily find someone because it seems like, um, the people that are interested in bigger men are always located in other parts of the United States, especially North Carolina. For some reason, I'm really big in North Carolina that I have no idea. <laughs> It almost sounds like one of those bands. And say, We're huge in Japan. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's very interesting. So uh, this, you, you hear the stereotype every now and again about the gay scene very, being very looks-oriented, even more so than, than the straight. And it's very – that's why the, you, you've got yourself a personal trainer as well, right? You, is that a new oh, yeah. thing or – yeah, it is. Um, he he's a he's a big marine, and um, he recently found that he had an awful lot more time in his life after completing an obligation, and and he was offering it for very cheap. And um, you know, DC is is almost as expensive as New York to live in. Yeah. Um, and so, I I thought I could at least take the opportunity to 
you know, get a bunch of lessons out of him. And even if he finds something else to do, then I can take whatever I've learned and just keep doing it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, expand and expand and try to learn and, uh, lose some weight, make, uh, get my body to look better. Um, and you know, it's been working out pretty well so far. I've lost about 30 pounds since July. Wow. Yeah. Congrats. Well, Thank you. So ha- have you noticed, uh, areas of your personal training carrying over into BDSM in some way? I mean, well, you know, it's funny because he's, he's a, he's a vanilla guy, but he knows that I'm into BDSM. We talk about it. In fact, while we're out running, um, cause we just talk about whatever. And, um, he gave me some resistance bands. And so now whenever we do any sort of upper body work, he's going to be, he says, Oh, this is going to be great for when you're holding that crop. So, <laughs> so uh, it, it certainly makes me a lot more easy, uh, eager to do the upper body work, um, you know, and flex the chest. But, yeah. uh, but it sounds like you're not uh, ashamed to admit it to people. No, not in the slightest. Um, you know, you have to put it out there. Um, like it's something that's cool and unique about you. And, and, you know, growing up, there has always been something unique about me. Um, I've, I've never really fit into any community quite right. Right. Um, you know, the gay science fiction group's closest I've come so far. Um, and fortunately the people that I, I know in that group, um, find, uh, inappropriateness funny. So I can reach whole new levels <laughs> of inappropriateness with BDSM talk. Right. And so, um, I actually have, um, a friend of mine who we were walking around at one point and, um, he's like, so, so why do you even bother with the, the paddle on guys? I mean, I would think that that would turn someone off in the mood. And I said, well, the boys won't beat themselves. <laughs> and he collapsed. He doubled over with laughter and I ended up getting it made, um, embroidered into a shirt at uh, mid Atlantic leather. Um, and it's been an extremely popular shirt ever since. <laughs> you should have, you should have uh, trademarked that so you could sell it on. I mean, that's a perfect. I wish I had. You still? I think it's not still. It's not still not too late. You might still be able to somehow. Yeah, there's actually some uh, uh, t-shirt sites like Weezing or something like that where you can just throw stuff up there. And I yeah. found that people will throw up stuff and then find out that it's been copyrighted and then it gets taken down. So yeah. it sounds like you can put anything on there. <laughs> right. Just do it until someone says stop. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, so you, uh, this was like two years ago. You started exploring, and then let's keep going down. That now you have a you have a, a a slave. Is that right, or a sub, or what? How do you refer to him as? Um, I, I current my referral uh, referral to him. Uh, his his honorific tends to tends to vary pretty wildly. It it as I've sort of evolved um, as a dom. Um, currently, I'm really into calling him fag, and. When I was in high school, that word was extremely charged for me. Right. So um, I find that for, for him as well. And so for the both of us, that particular word causes us to, to feel more charged uh, in our particular roles. You know, I call him fag and he feels, you know, like I'm, I have power over him in some way because he was victimized. Right. And uh, for me, it's me taking the word back from being victimized. So it's- for us, that... Right. Go ahead. No, for us that works out in a in a perfect dynamic, and um, we can we can you know get a really nice uh, high going. I would say that's really interesting because um, because yeah, it is such a charged word, and I mean that's not a word I'd ever use unless I needed a cigarette in the UK. Right. That's pretty much much <laughs> exactly. It. But. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you hear it being used quite a bit in the gay community, I find. 
Um, I don't maybe not, and not know. so much as a, not so much as a, I don't know, sort of as a as a, as a nickname or as uh, or as it's. I mean, then again, I haven't been to. I, I've never uh, observed any gay kink scenes where it's being used. But um, is it sort of a trope now at this point, or? Um, I think so. Uh, I, 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 I'm not entirely certain myself. Um, I, tr- whenever I, I go out in public, um, with the sub, which has only been like once or twice, um, we always just, he, he always calls me sir, no matter what's going on. That's yeah. the, that's the honorific I insist on. Um, and then as far as he goes, I just call him boy for the most part, because I don't even want to deal with someone else's potential issues. And I certainly don't want to offend people that I haven't even met when I'm yeah. trying to make a decent impression. Sure. So. And what, what is that? Uh, do you explore the local kink scene or is it mostly online or how is it? How do you usually, what's, what has your well, learning been like lately? Is it go to classes or is it online or what is it? I should go to classes. I, I, I definitely should. I, I wish I had the time for it. Um, but uh, for the most part, it's been going in person. There's a, um, a local um, PDSM club, and um, it's primarily run uh, with the straight folks. They get it, you know, most of the uh, most of the month. And then um, I think it's one Friday out of the month they have a gay night. And then at that point, none of the normal clientele show up, and all of you know the gay folks show up. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't go with that particular sub. Uh, the first time I went, I went with a, a, a submissive that a friend knew, and he said, "Would you take this guy as a favor to me?" So I agreed to go, and he came over to the apartment. I was still getting ready, so I put him um, in front of the television with um, uh, some porn uh, that I got from uh, Bound in Public, and he was watching the sub who was, uh, uh, you know, very rambunctious um, and talking back and sort of, you know, being generally disobedient. Um, and I think it really took to him because when we got to the club, um, he had a few drinks and he's like, okay, I want to be tied up. And I was like, I can't help but notice that no one is being tied up here. This is like specifically a BDSM club and you have to show up in, in like, uh, you know, specific leather gear, right. like with a, you know, major item, like a harness or something like that. And it's the only club I've ever had to show my underwear to get into actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> But we get inside, and he says, you, you know, I want to get tied up. And I said, well, you should have told me before we left. And, and you know, all of my rope is back in my trunk. So uh, we go into the lost and found. And uh, we're looking through the lost and found, and we find um, some nylon rope, um, a fly swatter, a cat toy. Uh, and there were a couple of other, like, decorative knots that were just left in there that were part of some larger rigging that had just, you know, been taken home. Yeah. Um, so we worked... A- we worked out all of the the deals that were in there, and I managed to um, you know get enough rope that I could tie him to a St. Andrew's cross. So um, I do that, and since it's my first time ever being out there, and I haven't even practiced tying folks up that much because you need someone to practice on. Yeah, um, always a sticking point. Uh, I completely forgot what I was doing. I couldn't remember any of my knots, and I had no idea what to do. And I said, "Well, the main thing is that I don't want his arms to move." So I'm wrapping it around and I do some sort of awful tie and I just, you know, tie it off. And then I go over to the other arm and I'm working with that and I finish and I tie it off. And suddenly uh, I realize that there's a fairly large crowd of people. I think almost the entire club was there. And to my right, there's this much, much older gentleman, uh, probably like in his mid to late 60s, um, completely naked. 
and he has a scowl on his face. And I said, uh, hi. And he goes, your tie's a shit. <laughs> and I said, well, thank perhaps you, you... Thank you, angry naked guy. I know, right? <laughs> perhaps you could help me if you could reach it. Um, so <laughs> he just sort of, you know, went around front and um, ended up taking the cat toy and sort of striking him across the chest a few times. And I had to, I had to clear out all of the men, because as soon as one person was tied up and unable to defend his pants, they just tore everything off. Um, so he's tied to the cross. He has his shirt over his, uh, his neck and his pants on the floor. And I, I you know, have the cat toy and I'm sort of striking him. And um, he shouted some insult, uh, something along the lines of, I think my grandmother hits harder. And, and so I, I say to the crowd, well, I think he's a, he thinks he's a porn star. And I strike him again across the chest. And he goes, ow, ow, ow. Okay, I apologize, sir. So, well, so what? What the uh, the uh, naked retiree did would be considered uh, a sort of a faux pas in uh, at least the, the clubs I've been. You just you do not you just don't interrupt someone else's scene, right? Unless unless it's clear that what they're doing is going to cause you know serious bodily harm, right? You right. just don't interrupt. But this guy, yes, ties up for shit. <laughs> And that's just that's that's the quote of the day right there. Um, they were, they well, were. I admit it. Sure, sure. But I mean, what? Do, uh, so, have you been practicing your ties ever since, or what? <laughs> well, I've been trying to. I mean, it, it, that's the difficult thing. I mean, I need someone to come over to practice the ties with. And and the current sub that I have, um, he lives outside the city in Alexandria, and it's actually. Um, you know, really rather obnoxious for him to get into the city. Mm-hmm. And um, as a lawyer, he gets up very early in the morning and he leaves, you know, pretty early in the day. Um, so by the time I get home, he's got an hour or two before bed. So if he came out here, as soon as he got here, he'd have to turn around. Yeah. So even though I have a consistent sub, I never have the opportunity to tie him up because we never have that much time. So I, I usually only see him if I happen to be off of work for some reason and he's available, and then he'll come over and we'll play for a while. Um, so I've, I've tried approaching a number of different folks and saying, listen, I'm trying to learn. Uh, you know, you like to be tied up clearly from your pictures. I'd like to tie you up. Um, you know, the more that I learn, the better off you'll be. So what right. do you say? And then it's just silence. Well, I've heard, um, uh, I've heard a lot of people get success by either finding someone else who is either also a rope top or someone's a, a switch, and then practicing on each other. I've got a, a friend who, uh, that's just what she did. She would, she would say, hey, listen, I don't want anything crazy. There's going to be no sex involved. It's just going to be practicing rope. Looking for someone else who's interested in practicing rope. And, and who knows, maybe there's someone listening to this episode right now, living in D.C., who, who's like, yes, I would like, I, I need someone to, to practice with as well. And that, would be, and that would be the, you know, you just keep it platonic, and then you go from there, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, that would be great, frankly, um, especially someone you know who's had some practice with it already. I mean, right now my expertise is uh, down to uh, a book of two naughty do- uh, two naughty boys on the ropes. There you go, and there's tons of resources online too, right? I mean, yes. I mean, um, oh, so I was I was emailing I emailed a couple friends uh, just about that was doing this interview, and it's, I only know. I only know from you from your FetLife profile. That's really the only details I really know, which is fine. You know, I mean, that's just, that's this is part of just getting to know someone. And I was asking, uh, and one friend said, uh, who's uh, bisexual, 
And um, he said that male subs, he has a theory that male subs are the same uh, straight, bi, or gay. Uh, they all have this, a very similar, same problem. They're flaky. Yes. They are only thinking about their own kinks and not really interested in, in, you know, this is, of course, a blanket statement. Not everyone's going to be like that. But um, very flaky, don't really know what they want, and are living mostly in a fantasy world um, and d- don't have real ex- uh, expectations. And they, they want, you know, some fantasy that just can't, can't be, it could never be true, right? It could, there's, there's some weird fantasy that's just not, never going to happen, basically. Yeah. Are you finding that sort of be the case, too? Um, I do. Uh, and I, I felt the same way as um, your friend for a while. And, and unfortunately, I had to stop and, and think about the the statement, as it were, because if we reduce their behavior down to their role, then what does it say about dominance, who, for whatever reason, choose not to show up, can't show up, right. flake as well? Because then you're just an asshole. Right. Um, so, so I, I feel like that, but I, I am trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, there have been an awful lot of flakes and I've had a lot of people where they're, they're, um, asking a lot of questions. They're, they're really, you know, revving me up and trying to get me going. And then when they do that, um, suddenly I get to a point where either they've jacked off and they're no longer horny or um, it's too real and it's about to happen and then they, they get scared and run off. Yeah. Um, so I, I've definitely encountered a lot of that online. Um, and I've managed to make it through that a couple times and, and, you know, get some guys. And eventually what I've started to feel like is, you know, if people ask too many questions, they're probably just jacking off and they have right. zero intentions of meeting. So I'll answer questions to a point. And then I'll say, you know, five ninety nine for the next sixty minutes or something like that. And, you know, you have to show up at some point. This right. doesn't just go on forever because I've well, been strung along plenty. I think this is sort of a the flakiness of submissive, maybe because I have uh, suddenly I have a friend who uh, she's an eligible female dominant. She's smart, funny, attractive, and very experienced. And she talks about how uh, on the kink site she's on she. There are plenty of people she wants to meet, but they just flake out. Either the last minute they just, oh, I can't make it, or they just completely, when it's time to meet, they just completely flake out. They just, it's mm-hmm. done, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know what the solution to that is. And, and one friend of mine, she's, what she did is she was like, okay, the second I'm interested in the person, even slightly, before like diving into the, you know, investing a lot of time and emotion into uh, stuff online before we meet, I just want to meet him for coffee. So that they'll like, she'll jump to the to meet for coffee or meet for a drink, almost, you know, just as soon as it, she thinks, okay, this person's definitely not batshit crazy. So we'll meet for you know we'll meet, and then that way she can go from there. That way she doesn't waste that much time in it. Or is that uh, for you? Is it more pickup play that you know? Are you just are you are you jumping on like some website where hey, let's get our fix now? Or are you on like are you talking fat life or what are you? Well, I've tried using FetLife. I haven't quite figured out how to make uh, friends, as it were, through FetLife. Um, it's a little bit different from um, the other sites that I use because, as you expl- um, had said, you know, things are generally a more pickup culture. Right. I would much prefer 
to have someone that I could have over repeatedly. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a relationship, but just some regular play partner because right. weeding through all of this stuff is just a phenomenal waste of time. Um, but generally, I actually use Recon, which is, excuse me, um, I feel like the, the gay version of uh, FetLife in a lot of ways. I know there's plenty of gay folks out on FetLife, and, you know, if you have success there, I, you know, wish you the best. But um, Recon has really been um, the way that I've met any sub that I've ever met. Um, I've tried Collar Me, and I'm still on it, um, but uh, I don't usually, I haven't actually gotten anyone to to come through with meeting. Even even folks that were self-identified as service-oriented. Right. Well, service-oriented is a tricky one because there's a lot of people who will say service-oriented, um, but it's just like anything else, right? Some people would say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very much a sub- submissive and... And well, what do you what do you mean by that? Well, I like to beat people up and tie them up. Well, what? Well, that's my definition. Okay. Well, then there you go. I guess you can go ahead and have that definition. You know. Yeah. Um, well, here, let's fix something right now. So I'm just gonna uh, I'm gonna add you as a friend here on FetLife. So that way you have. Look at that. Ah, done. First request. There you go. Thank you. Um, and so uh, uh, can I give your username out? Yeah, please do. There you go. God, that's Godside. G O D S I R E. Everyone, friend him. And uh, and there you go. So let's let's talk about Recon. Can you explain exactly what Recon is? It's a is that the iPhone app? Um, it is a website. Um, okay. So Recon.com. Uh, I am not entirely certain where it originated. I want to say it originated in the UK for a couple reasons. Like their store it, by default is in pounds, um, <laughs> and uh, it has a um, a worldwide reach just like um fetlife does um so i've gotten interest from folks who are in singapore i've gotten folks from places in china that i can't pronounce um from turkey um and it's really nice because dc as a city has a lot of people coming in and out of it all the time and um i think that might actually be one of the reasons that folks in dc um are as fleeky as they are because just like New York, where there's this constant influx and outflux of people, right. um, you know, I've observed that a lot of the gay couples um, here that are long-lasting tend to be open because they want to, you know, screw whoever happens to be in town because he might not be here tomorrow. Right. But anyways, Recon as a as a site. Um, so you have a message center where. Pretty much everything goes on, um, and you can have as many messages as you want um, up to a point. They, they set the, the limit pretty high for free users. Um, and then the nice thing for me is that it has a my visitors page, which is right underneath the messages. So I can see every single person that has viewed me in the order in which they viewed me from most recent to latest. And so when someone really likes you on that, what they'll do is they click on your profile, and there's a button there that says Cruise. And then when that person shows up in the My Visitors page, there is um, a red bar that says Cruised right next to it. So that you know that person um, you know, has some interest. And I think it works really well for submissives because um, it's a very you know, sort of passive way of reaching out um, to a top and letting them know that you know, they're interested in, yeah. in messages and whatnot. Um, I use it constantly. Um, all the time, and it actually lets you know if you've cruised someone before. So, um, yeah. So and and uh, so you, you if you are chatting with someone or meeting someone, and then you just say, "Hey, what are you doing?" And then that's it. Or is there a way to to can you see if they've flaked on someone else? Is there anything like that? 
Unfortunately, no. Um, the one thing that I've been trying to make use of is um, one of the things that you actually re- mentioned on your show. I wasn't sure which um, which guest it was, but someone had mentioned, you know, see if this particular person has a lot of friends, right? Because if they're if they're connected out there, they might be a little less likely to flake or um, you know something along those lines. So I, when I um, see someone, it will tell you if their profile is new, mm-hmm. meaning that it's been up for less than a month. Um, so that's a sim- signal that someone might be a flake, that they might be a spammer, um, or something along those lines. Um, and then I look for friends and uh, length of time that they've been on Recon. Is this also a, I mean, obviously there's a matter of um, safety. Uh, I, I guess, because I, I, I made some really stupid decisions when I was single. Not, especially early on, when I first moved to New York, I made a lot of stupid decisions, uh, took a lot of risks I shouldn't have, you know, like, you know, some woman on calling me saying, I'm totally drunk, you should come over. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, strange person who's, I, whose gender I haven't even verified, much less, you know, sure, I'll be right over, you know, it's totally stupid. You know, I mean, it's just not, especially if they're going to be tying you up or something, you really have to. I'm really lucky. I'm still. I still have all my limbs, right? Yeah. Um, is that is that a huge concern for you, or is it sort of like a mutually assured look? Uh, I'm on here. You're on here. We're looking for X. Uh, and and if anyone's going to be a total creep, you know, they wouldn't last long on here. Or how does that work? Um, I haven't entirely figured it out myself. I mean, what I mostly do is, um, first of all, you know, uh, uh, one of the things that shows up on a couple different um, profiles on Recon is um, the subs bill of rights, as it were. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a list of about 20 different items that, um, you know, subs have have an obligate or have the right to uh, a top that's clear headed as right. a prime example that you just used. Um, so I refer to the subs bill of rights. Um, I, you know, make sure that everyone knows that I only play with a safe word. Um, and then as far as actually meeting people, if I'm a little shady on them, I happen to live, um, pretty close to the, uh, DC Eagle, which is our leather bar. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure it's a chain throughout the U S um, like every major city has an Eagle. <clears throat> so, if there's anything shady about that, then I can always take them to the leather bar, and the leather bar is, of course, you know, a perfect situation for, um, or a perfect environment to sort of be meeting with someone and, and you know, talking about BDSM. Yeah. Um, so that works. What is the eagle like? I mean, yeah, do you go there often? I mean, I suppose you're, you're close by. Um, I am close by. I haven't gone too often um, exclusively because um, I'm not, I'm not particularly sociable. I'm, I'm more of an introvert. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm a lot happier sort of doing things one-on-one and um, in a group where I have to deal with all of these um, other gay men that are, you know, using signals that I never learned like for the what? most part. Well, um, people who are, I'm completely oblivious when it comes to people hitting on me. I don't recognize the signals that, you know, everybody else seems to know. Yeah. Um, I, I came from a very rural location um, there were a lot more horses and cows than there were people. By you far. and me both. You and me yeah. both. So um, as a result, I was never around all of those people, and I never just I, I never learned it. Yeah. So you know, I'll be at the bar, and I had um, I had one guy who was there, and uh, he was sort of around all evening, and I'd seen him, and I hadn't really sort of paid much mind to him. And uh, eventually, much later in the evening, as I'm getting ready to go, he comes over to me in a drunken huff, and he's like, what? You're too good for me? And I was like, what are we talking about? Who are you? 
So, so he'd been, he'd been, he'd been he, hitting on me, apparently just like nonstop, just hitting on me. He never sent me a drink or anything, which would have been the first signal that I would have taken. Um, did, 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 did you ask him, well, what was the signal or? No, well, he was, he was too drunk to be entirely comprehensible at all. So I had no idea what his issue was. And eventually we're sending just, you mind messages. All exactly. Night. Well, and you know, there's, there's like this sultry stare or something like that, or maybe, maybe something about his body language. Um, I mean, one of the things that I, I've seen, uh, some guys do at, at the Eagle is, um, you know, there's some, the Eagle is very dark, right. uh, for the most part, as you would expect. Um, they have this totally awesome, um, set of motorcycles up above the bar with all these lights. And that's pretty much the illumination for the room. These little mm-hmm. twinkly Christmas light type things. Um, so guys will stand, um, you know, off behind, away from the bar up against the wall and they'll sort of prop their back up and have their legs out. And then they'll have uh, a beer bottle and they will put it out in their crotch. And if it's flat against their stomach, they're not interested. If it's out, they're interested. And apparently that's a signal. That's that's it, way too complicated. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And I don't get them. I mean, I'm sure there's more that I have absolutely no idea what the signals are. Yeah. Um, it would have been simpler to just, you know, come up and talk to me. Um, <laughs> right, right. Well, but I mean... This might be one of the... I think this is one of those uh, acquired skills. Yeah. What are your main interests right now? I mean, what are the things you haven't explored that you're really hoping to explore um, it sounds like rope is a, a thing. Are you much into DS at, or? Yes. I mean, uh, DS is actually really the huge thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I am much more about mental domination than I am about physical domination. I love it all, right. but, um, that is definitely, uh, where my interests lie. And it's also one of the easiest skills for me to practice online because it's all words. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I'm, I enjoy, um, impact play. Um, I definitely enjoy hot wax. Uh, one of the things that's really got my interest that um, I have to try is zipper lines. I'm really interested in that. For those people who don't know, that's basically you take a, a long string of clothespins. Uh, they're all connected by a string. Oh, this is one way that people do them. This is I, the most common way I've seen it. And then you, you, using that string that's connected through all of them, you rip them all off at once, causing the person's uh, mind to explode, basically. Yeah, uh, it's really it's very intense. Um, what is it about zipper lines that really is it just um, that it, it's 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 the perfect bridge between mental and um, physical uh, abuse, as it were? Because not only first of all, whenever I've seen this done, and I've only ever seen it on kink.com videos, because that's like my primary porn outlet for this whole thing, the kink.com and and their whole gay section. Um, what will happen is, you know, Van Darkholm or whoever's in charge will sort of, like, grab the twine and he'll wrap it around his hands, but he'll do it, like, excruciatingly slowly. Like, he's really tra- winding it up, and he's got clearly got it, you know, taut, and then he tests a little bit, and, um, you know, they're, they're talking about it the whole time. And he's like, well, are you ready? Are you ready? Well, what about now? Are you sure you're ready? And then, you know, he'll, he'll make, like, a, a jerk like he's going to do it, and the t- sub tenses up. And then, of course, he doesn't go through with it. Right. He's just like, ah. Gotcha, gotcha. And they, there's this, this whole back and forth. Um, and the sub's voice starts to quaver, and you can see him really uh, uh, start to fall apart with this. And then um, even once it's over, once the whole thing has been yanked off and there's that instant of pain, there's pretty much a three count that I can see 
before he sort of rushes forward and just grabs his thumbs and jams them into whatever um, you know pinched areas um, are left over by those those uh, right. clothespins, and that just sends people through the roof. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I've experienced that. I haven't seen that firsthand. Which, by the way, note to self: send kink.com a bill for mentioning them on. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious. Uh, because we, I, I actually recently had a conversation with a friend about Kink.com about their femdom porn mm-hmm. and how it's just – it's very um, formulaic. And mm-hmm. it, it, I'm not saying all of the performances are like this, but almost every performance is like, hello, worm, and then you're worthless. And, and then, you know, slap, strap on, fuck. Everyone orgasms. You know, that's sort of every every scene on their femdom porn stuff. Uh, from from based on your uh, enthusiasm, I think it sounded safe to say that their gay male, their gay male, their 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 male porn, their dude on dude porn is much better uh, as far as uh, tailoring to the audience. Maybe I don't know. Um, it is sometimes. Uh, it's it's. Um it's peculiar. I, I have to go through a lot of it to find what I really like. Um, sometimes it is formulaic. There's absolutely an aspect of that where, um, I don't know why that just, you know, they have to get something out, I guess. Um, but there are definitely instances where like they have uh, a Halloween party, um, or a Christmas party, especially Mm -hmm. because, um, I don't know if you've ever been to their armory. No. But never, um, it's on. It's on our to do list. That's like definitely something we want to see. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually going this year. I'm, I'm going to be going to Folsom, and I'm going to see if they offer tours because I really would like to just walk through that place. It looks phenomenal. But on awesome. the top floor, um, the gentleman who owns the company had a massive banquet table made, and the banquet table has a, um, um, you know, it ha- it's like a normal table except it has a hole both for hands and for a hat. So. At each seat, there is the potential to have a submissive right there at the table with you. Right. Which I find fascinating. And it, it always comes into play in these hol- um, holiday parties that they have. Um, but anyways, uh, a lot of it is formulaic. But when he departs from that and he does something you know completely different, it is absolutely fantastic. Like he had an instance where um, using, I think it was actually one long rope, he had a whole bunch of people set up. They have a a fake bar on the inside um, set up on the bar table where they were just tied together and it was ass to mouth all the way down and they were all rooming each other instead of the more disgusting horror equivalent. Um, And I found that fascinating as well. And I've seen a lot of things where like uh, they have um, a furniture mover where it's just, you know, the four planks of wood and then they have wheels on each of the four corners and then using um, bondage tape, they've actually taped someone down in a kneeling position to the the wheel around thing and they just wheel them around from person to person <laughs> and they're blindfolded so they can't see a thing and right. it just you know they have no idea what's going on and and whenever they do these shoots it's pretty clear that a lot of the folks that are there are just um you know general public yeah. some of them you know will wear masks which are i guess offered right um because i always see the same ones so it seems like the general public can get in i just have to figure out how you just got to know the right people, I guess. Yeah, right? exactly. Note to self, send uh, kink.com two bills <laughs> for the mentioning on the show. Uh, incidental billing is what we'll call it. Yeah. Um, I, I've heard from other, some, some other male doms who, are, who play with guys, either they're bi or they're 
pan or, or they're gay. And they say that um, one of the biggest reasons why there's so much flakiness is that uh, there's just sort of this idea of what a dominant guy is supposed to be, right? Yeah. Either either a giant beard or, or something like that. And it's so, very similar to, to the complaints that my female dominant friends have that, that uh, and say, oh, that they, uh, a female dominant is supposed to be, you know, Helga of the SS or whatever like that with the, you know, or something like that. Is that, is that, is that a huge, um, is that a huge thing still? Or, or are people sort of uh, realizing, oh yeah, it can be anyone, you know, or what is the... I think it's still a pretty big thing, um, especially because, like I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of guys who, if you watch any of these Kink.com videos, even a preview, what you'll see is incredibly beefy guys. Right. Um, not not quite to the level of bodybuilders, but, you know, even more fit than the general gay audience. They want, right. you know, someone who's really ripped, um, presumably so he can beat you harder. Um, but at the same time, that's what I'm working with. And oftentimes... Um, when I do meet someone who's into larger men, there's always something that I'm not quite fitting into. I don't have enough chest hair. I don't have enough facial hair. Um, and I, I personally don't like a beard. It, it just scratches me too much. It, I don't think it looks attractive. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a number of things. But it, it's it's a landmine whenever you're talking to any sub because oftentimes, um, you know, people on recon don't put a lot of information out there. Yeah. Um, and so I have no idea what it is that they're looking for. And trying to talk to them about it before and just engage them as a person doesn't really necessarily seem to work. But by going in the opposite direction of, you know, um, you know, here's my terms, respond if interested, slave, and it doesn't necessarily seem to generate any more hits. So right. I'm always shooting in the dark and I have no idea, which is, you know, it's frustrating. I just, oh my God, I think I just, I just had, uh, let's see if I can, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so I have a friend um, who's a kink educator, and he um, – I, 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 I might as well plug uh, his site, ericpry.com. Uh, he's a friend. On his website, you can go to click on organizations, and there's actually a mentor – there we go, MS Development Center, and there's also uh, MTTA Mentorship Service. And I think this is volunteer. I think it's free. I could be wrong. Um uh, I think yeah, I think I've actually read about this. I think, I think they have an yes. outpost, as it were, in D.C. Yeah. Slave training events, Master Tainos, resident, da-da-da-da. Anyway, well, that's for, I'm sorry, that was the the training event weekend. But mm. they also have just general, if you're looking for a mentor, um, there are tons of people out there. And I'm not saying, you need a mentor. I'm saying, I, I think almost everyone needs a mentor, right? Yeah. At, yeah. at, at one point or another. Um I and and it, it sounds certainly appealing. One of the things that, that kept me from necessarily um, okay, going with the, the DC Boys of Leather um, was uh, I, I had a couple of experiences where um, I was at the Eagle and um, you know, some guy, older guy comes over, starts talking to me, and we chat for a while, and I, you know, talk about how I'm a dom, and I'm just, le- you know, learning and looking around, um, and he's like, well, I'll take you under my wing, and I'm like, well, great, what's involved? And he's like, well, you'd be subservient to me for a number of years, and then yeah. after after that time, I would let you free when I deem that you're ready, and I was like, whoa, that's hold sort of on the a old, second. I mean, that's how they used to do it, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's and that, the old that, guard that, thing, and like how you have to start off, and... 
Yeah, it just it seems like uh, now I totally understand that that's how they used to, but it's very much the sexual version of a pyramid scheme almost. It seems like, right? It is, and it's completely unappealing because I have the internet, <laughs> and and this stuff is out there available free. So I don't necessarily need you as a person in particular. No offense. I mean, plus I have to go through a period of submission. I've I've tried exploring submission, and. I haven't ever been able to find my way into that headspace, so it never really worked for me. Right. So to have to go through that for the period of like five years, um, just to be deemed worthy by someone whose credentials I don't even necessarily know, yeah. seems unappealing. So this sounds much more in my general direction. I, I, I yeah, you know the, the mentorship thing. Um, I've heard of that too. I've heard of people saying that. Oh, I was looking for a mentor, but but uh, and this is both on the male and female side. I've heard of this that um, mentors are hard to come by because there's a lot of people out there who just want to take advantage or, um, you know, their idea of mentorship or being a mentor is not so much being a mentor as it is uh, liking someone to worship them, you know, even if they're, you know, or look up to them and think of them as the king shit of fuck mountain type of thing, you know? (laughs) Um, So you you said... uh, you said you've you know, been doing looking for service too. Is service a pretty easy or a hard thing to find? Because I know in, in um, every every female dom that I know that was has been service oriented, if she puts an ad up somewhere and says, uh, "Yeah, I'm looking for service. I'm looking for someone to do some cleaning or laundry or something," like that, uh, it's almost everyone comes out and says, "Yes, yes, I'd love to do your laundry," and then the, and this, the subset is like for for a hand job. You know, it's sort of like. It's you know what I mean. It's it's yeah. it's definitely highly sexualized. Is that what it's like for you too? Is like your ser- idea of service very sexualized, or is it um, just the the point of someone doing something for you like that? Um, I think it would really depend on the person. Uh, I would be fine with sort of either direction. Um, there's definitely a lot of stuff that needs to get done around here, and um, I am kind of at my, my breaking point doing it. I mean, I have a pretty full week scheduled on, on any given week, and the only free time that I would potentially have is on the weekends. So, you know, there are times when I just needed to get done. I don't care how, and I'm certainly not going to, uh, you know, watch over you while it gets done. Um, but there are also plenty of times where, you know, I have a free weekend, and I could, you know, be more involved in that. Um, so... I guess I'd go either way. I've never been able to find anyone to do any service either way. Um, I, I came across one guy online and um, through CollarMe, and he actually sounded ridiculously awesome. He had um, a certification for massage therapy. Um, he, you know, was a registered caddy or something like that. He had all these these other, you know, sort of um, um, skills available. And that by he was that, just, I mean, I've seen Caddy Shack. Fifty times. <laughs> I'm a registered caddy. Yeah, exactly. Do you say caddy or cabby? Oh, with D's. Oh, the a golf caddy. Yes. Okay. So he just had he he cultivated all these skills. He's a chef. He's this. He's that. Um, that were you know that were usable um, to service whomever, however they needed it. Yeah. And you know, especially with all this this running around, I really do need that massage. Um, and, and, you know, he asked me a lot of questions, and I answered them, and apparently I answered them wrong because he's disappeared, doesn't respond to messages anymore, which is really a shame. Um, and it was funny because 
you know, somebody else comes to me and he's like, I'm really interested in service, um, but I don't know how to get started. What would you recommend? And I said, well, I met this awesome guy and here's what he does. And he's like, I think you're full of shit. <laughs> Nobody would go that overboard. So I mean, maybe it's true. Maybe no, this I guy do. was a liar. I know people who have done that. I know people who have gotten, they've gone to massage school to get certified or, you know, whatever. Um, or they've done, you know, something to, and the whole idea is to make yourself more appealing to a dominant. Like, oh, I've got this skill. So, you know, um, I'm a horrible, like, Saad knows I'm, I'm not a good cook. I'm not a good cook, you know, but I can repair her laptop like a motherfucker. Uh, I'll repair it again and again, right? Yeah. Yeah, as I say, you go. can get me any entertainment. I can, I can download any, anything illegally that she possibly wants, right? Yes. You yes. want to see Gravity, the, the preview version? You've got Gravity, the preview version. You want uh, Souffle? Can't help you there unless you want me to... Order it special, maybe that's what it. But no, there there are people I know that are so that they are really into. Okay, how can I how can I improve my slave portfolio and you know make mm. myself more? So they're out there, they're out there. But I would say this: the biggest thing uh, I would be careful of is try to look at the DS aspect of it because a lot of uh, a lot of people who are into service they want the DS aspect of it, right? Where they, oh, yeah. Not necessarily that they, they don't maybe don't need to be naked and caning and all that stuff. But they like that feeling of control over it. So if you just say the words, listen, I don't care how it gets done as long as I don't have to do my laundry, then that might be a red flag for people, right? Because Mm -hmm. then again, it might be a turn on for someone else, right? And that's the landmine that I constantly go through no matter what it is that I'm looking for. Yeah. But I would say, uh, because when I was looking for service to to, to do service for people, for me, there was a difference because I I started to avoid people who said, listen, I don't care as long as it gets done. Mm -hmm. Uh, to me, that that seemed like they really have no interest in, in DS at all. They just are lazy, right? I'm not mm-hmm. saying you're lazy. I'm saying that was the vibe I got from them. Right. So m- maybe that's the vibe they're getting from you. So maybe, and and that's it would probably be better than um, given that information to start with you know times and weekends when I'm more free, yeah. when I have the time that yeah. this stuff needs to get done, and I'm certainly there and overseeing it and being engaging. So. Right. Good information. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, other people, I'm sure there'd be someone who might be able to offer some advice. It'd be like, don't listen to the, the goddamn thing I said. He's full, full of shit. So um, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. No, this is a lot of fun. And, and I, I hope you're willing to come back and give, you know, give us an update. Uh, yeah. You can say, hey, guess what? I've got 78 slaves all fighting over my laundry right now. And... Uh, uh, and yeah, but and if someone wants to get a hold of you, are you so you're on uh, uh, God Sire God Sire on FetLife, FetLife Recon, and I think even Collar Me. I'll check on that real quick. Um, yeah, it's a common username that I use for Kink. Yep, all three. Look, there you go. And so, if someone has either advice or someone's just like, oh my god, I'd love to caddy for that guy, then. They can uh, check you out there. But thank you so much for it. I really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks to uh, God Sire. Again, you can find him on FetLife, uh, G-O-D-S-I-R-E. Also on Recon, Collar Me, and just about everything else out there. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.